Sunday of August as we prepare to break bread together uh, after we conclude the time of morning of worship and preaching and encourage you to join in with us as we will eat of this bread and drink of this cup together on this first Sunday. We will join and encourage you to join us in worship and praise right where you are. Uh, we want to welcome you to fellowship with us in unity and spirit and in mind a little something like this.
chapter, I'm going to read verses 13 to verses 16 in the New Testament. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Let us pray for God to give us enlightenment in his word. Lord, we ask you, enlighten us as we open up your word. We open our hearts and minds to receive your truth, to receive your promise, to receive your purpose in our lives. And so guide us, direct us, oh God, as we look within this text, we pray. Amen. Acts 9th chapter, looking at verses 13 through 16. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The Word of God reads, But Lord exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Praise God for his word. Let's continue on to worship him. Amen. Thank <laughs> you. 
Forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. Oh, Father, speak, Lord, through this servant, this vessel, for your servants are listening, that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. Have thine own way, Lord, is our prayer. Amen. Amen. As we look at our text today, coming from Acts, the ninth chapter, knowing the purpose of suffering, as we look at this text, I want to encourage us to know that everything has an objective or has a purpose. But oftentimes, we may not know what that purpose may be. So I want to encourage us that sometimes we may know the purpose, we may know the objective, but we may not be in agreement in the journey to get there. So I want to highlight today that oftentimes we may not know what it takes to get where we want to be. But if we are following with God, he will get us to where he wants us to be. And it's going to be on his time 
and it's going to be on his path. You might want to take some shortcuts, or you might have heard there might be a better way to get there, but yet there's nobody wiser, nobody stronger, and no one better to lead you than God himself. But yet some things stop us, some hinder us, that prevent us from reaching our objectives. And one of those is fear. Fear of failure can stop you from even starting. But yet the opposite of the desire to win will prevent you from ever quitting. So how bad you want something will reflect in the effort you give. The question is, how much will it cost? Mm. The answer is how much you are willing to give. The cost is what is required of your effort, your willingness, your time, your blood, your sweat to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. The cost is required of your effort and your willingness to give up in order to gain. Sometimes you got to lose in order to win. The price is set by you, and you will work according to the value you have placed in it. If you desire to serve the Lord, your God, then you will know the price to serve the Lord. Jesus tells us this great price, as we find in Matthew 16, chapter, verses 24 to 27. He says that if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels of the glory to his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. I'm encouraged us today that do you know the cost of your work and your life? Paul was chosen by God to serve the Lord that included suffering a purpose to preach this gospel. Paul was willing to accept this, knowing that it was going to cost him everything. Know why you are doing something will help you to do what you are doing. Let me read our text again for us from Acts, the ninth chapter, verses 13 through 16, as we look at this ninth chapter of Acts. Verse 13 begins, but the Lord explained and announced, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leaders and priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Hmm. Have a goal set in mind. Then examine this goal to see the worth of the goal. Is the goal for a worthy cause? Does it line up with the divine will of the Lord? Then has God prepared you for this goal? When you can find the answers to some of these questions, then you will need to ask God for further directions and leadership to help you fulfill this goal you discover has purpose in your life. This goal will help you keep the task no matter the obstacles ahead. 
Your focus on this goal will not permit the impediments of the enemy to deter you or, and from accomplishing what God has already prepared for you. So the work you do has a purpose. God will let you know you are headed the wrong way if you're headed in the wrong direction. We find out in the ninth chapter that Paul was headed in the wrong direction. Verse 3 says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God will send you help to get you where he needs you to be. Notice how Saul was on a mission, but the wrong mission. He was out persecuting God's people. Matter of fact, when God tells Ananias, as we read, Ananias said, I'm not going to go see him. Uh, he has authority already given to him to arrest anybody talking about Jesus. And you going to get me <laughs> to go see him? He's already looking for people like me. Why, why would I go see him? Again, let me encourage you that if God is preparing you to go someplace, he's going to send you the help you need to get in the destination you need to be. Ananias was the help coming towards Paul. But, but yet Paul could, before we know him as Paul as Saul, he was feared. He was a person that they did not want to see. They did not want to fellowship with those who called on Jesus because they know he'd be the end of their life. Now, as you look in this text of Acts, uh, you might find out how uh, the first part of Acts deals with Peter primarily and him preaching and evangelizing as Jesus told them to wait for the day of Pentecost. And matter of fact, we are introduced to Paul previously before we get to this ninth chapter after they start uh, accusing and start persecuting the Israelites and those who are now professing Christians as they are dispersed. Matter of fact, the text makes a pen note when Stephen preaches his message that the one that was watching everybody's coats was Saul. Saul was the one saying, y'all go ahead, hit him with them stones. I'll watch your coat. Matter of fact, let me help you take it off as you want to stone someone preaching about Jesus. So it's well known that Saul was one that they did not want to fellowship with, but yet God called Saul. My, 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 my. It's encouraging to know that regardless of my past, regardless of what I have done, regardless of what I may be doing, God can still have use for me. For his glory. There's people out there that think they're not worth it. There's people out there that think they're not good enough. And that's when you can let them know that not one of us are good enough. But it's by God's grace and his mercy uh, that he can place people in our lives and help us to see the value that God has already put in us. I said already put in us. It's amazing how some people tell you what they see, but thank God they don't see what God sees. See, God moving in your life to do awesome things. Sometimes we're not aware of all the intricacies of God in our life. God is doing things in the foreground and, and in the background. The, the work of the Lord is not always obvious at first glance. Ananias knew of the conspicuous work of Saul, but yet he was not aware of what God was doing. And anybody here understand how the foreground and the background works? You ever go to some paintings or you look 
And you obviously can see what's already in the foreground. That's the most obvious part of the painting. But you might miss the intricate details going on in the background that make up more of the character of the picture. And oftentimes, sometimes we're not aware that even what's happening presently is also what's happening in the background. But here's oftentimes where we don't know what God is doing, that you can see what you see, but you don't see what God sees. That's why we see that book there. Uh, Ananias is telling him, but God, he did this. Uh, he, he, he did this. Uh, look, look closely, verse 13. But Lord, explained Ananias. I've heard many people talk about terrible things this man has done. So, so, so Ananias said, I've heard the report of him. Uh, Lord, why, why are you going to choose him? Uh, he, he's a bad man. Now, he's not doing the work you've said that we should be doing. Why are you calling me to go see him? And then I says, but Lord. But then the commentary helps you understand how God has the interjection. But the Lord said. Y'all see that there? He said, so, you know, when you got the but there now, is that, you know, what you said before, I got something different. (laughs) I have something to counter what you were saying before then. See, God hears Ananias' plea and affirms that God has chosen Saul to be his instrument. God has chosen Saul to be his messenger, not only to the Gentiles, but to kings and to Israel. God tells Ananias that this is all done with a purpose. The purpose is for Saul to preach this gospel. To make it known to the glory of Jesus. Christ and him crucified and him resurrected. God's movement in our lives is with purpose. Be open to see the movement of God in your life. Notice how God moves with grace in our life. You know what grace is? Grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is giving you gifts you do not deserve. And these are the good gifts. These aren't the gifts that you pack away and say, yeah, this is what my child gave me that you had never seen again. No, these are the gifts that you need every day of your life. Anybody here know what I'm talking about, about God's grace? Notice Ananias' name means the grace of God. <laughs> God is using Ananias, whose name means the, the grace of God or the mercy act of God, being manifested and demonstrated to Saul, who is in need of God's grace. Matter of fact, he was already convicted saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said, who is me? It is I, the Lord, the one you are persecuting. Saul got convicted right then and there by Jesus himself that you've been messing up. I'm the one you've been waiting on. I am the Messiah. I am crucified. I am resurrected. I am ascended. Now I am teaching you to know who I am. Saul has an epiphany on the road to Damascus and listens with great attention to the instructions of Lord Jesus as he discovers that he is the one who should be followed. Ananias being shown now mercy to and grace to Saul. God has dealt graciously with Saul, knowing that Saul deserves punishment, but God gave him grace. And notice that even in this grace, he's pointing out this is done with a purpose. He must suffer for this purpose. Y'all see that there in the text? Verse 16, 
and I will show him how he must suffer for my name's sake. Notice that Saul's not going to go through trials and tribulations just because they need to be there. No, everything has a purpose. Also, in this text, we find out that when Ananias comes to meet Saul, it says that he healed him. What did he heal him of? Well, after he was knocked off of his, 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 his ride on his way to the road of Damascus, it said he was blinded. And then it says when Ananias touches him, it said it was like scales coming off his eyes. Saul was blind. You know what it means to be blind, right? To be without understanding. Uh, one way you can have blindness to be without understanding, with knowledge or wisdom. Another way about when the people say as pilots are flying blind means that they're not using their eyes, but only flying with using the instruments at their disposal. Oftentimes, blind is suggesting to us that everything is not available at the time to have full and greater understanding. How true is that to Saul? Not only was he physically blind, but he was spiritually blind at the time. That God had to awaken him and open him up to the light when he was on his road to Damascus. Y'all see that there in the text, that it was a light that blinded him. And the light was Jesus himself, who is the light of the world. God can help us overcome our blindness and can remove the scales from our eyes when we are clearly opened up to allow him to lead us into the purpose of our life. But my question to you again, are you willing to suffer with purpose? Saul, at this time in this text, is not aware of all that is to come his way as he takes his new direction and preaching the gospel and, and not persecuting the preachers of the gospel. Saul's message and actions have been changed by God, arresting him on the road of Damascus. Saul was now better trained by sitting under the teaching of Jesus. Saul was now walking in this newfound purpose to preach to the Gentile kings and fellow Israelites. May I encourage you that Saul has found a new purpose. He does not know everything that is before him, but he understands that he has one goal before him. I'm going to encourage you again that you can have the fear of defeat and you never start, or you can have the desire to win and never give up. The choice is yours. One, one little book I have in my study, my father gave it to me, and it's a little small book by Michael Jordan, why he never gave up. And, and, and it has little piggy sayings about how Michael Jordan would encourage himself to be the best he could every time he got on the court. Matter of fact, if you, if you watch the Last Dance documentary, you can find out he had a lot of stuff he made up just for himself. The, 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 art, the journalists would say, we never say that. But Jordan go around and say, well, y'all said I couldn't do this. And so he goes out and does it. And he makes himself win because he does not want to ever give up. I'm encouraging you to sometimes that when we can focus the goal, we understand the endurance it takes to accomplish this goal. We're willing to go through blood, sweat, and tears to make sure we make it to the finish line. We see it oftentimes, definitely every four years with the Olympics, we hear the stories of how people went through heartaches, they went through pain, how they had to strive and how they had to travel, they had to uproot and move in order for them just to make it to the Olympics. That's four years from now. Some of them start at the age of nine, they get in by the age of 12 and 16, so they give up five years of their life dedicated for one moment just to be out in some country they've never been before just trying to win a gold medal. 
Now think about that. Some people have pawned their gold medals. Some people have thrown away their gold medals. Some people have their gold medals taken away from them. But yet, in all their life, they try hard just to get right there. But yet, can I tell you about what God has for you? Can't nobody tell you? It's not, it's going to be so valuable for you that you won't throw it away, but you will hold on to it. Paul, now understanding that I got something I got to do that's going to bring glory and honor unto God. That I can't give up on this, no matter the hardships that will come my way. The journey may be easy. Sometimes the journey may be hard. And sometimes the journey may be both at the same time. Langston Hughes has this poem I'd like to recite to us called Mother to Sons. Some of you might know this. Some of you might be the first time hearing it. But listen, intense. Well, son, I'll tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stick. It had taxing and splinters and bones torn up and places with no carpet on the floor, bed. But all the time, I've been a climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark. Where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit down on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now. For I still going, honey. I still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. We understand that in order for me to get to where I need to go, I might go through some hardships. I might go through some pains. I might go through some trials and some tribulations. But I know the purpose of my suffering. We want to move with purpose. We want to move with intention. Don't waste your action, but make each movement mean something. Realize every step can get you closer to your destination. For the wrong step can either deter you or also lead you to your end. But following the Lord will always have you guided in righteousness and perfect placements of your feet. He wants to guide you and take you to where he wants you to be. The writer of Acts gives us the calling of Saul. We come to better know as Paul with the full intention of concluding Acts with Paul under house arrest in Rome. We get introduced to him song that he was knocked off a beast while he's riding on the master called to preach. But the the writer of Acts, he's going to lead up talking about a man that has been shipwrecked. A man that has been stoned and left the dead, not once, not twice, but three times. A man that has been bitten by a snake, left for dead. A man that's been beaten and for dead, and he got back and went back into the country to preach it. But you heard me tell you, let me just see what Paul said for himself. Are thy servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, but been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. Uh, we find that in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 25. And that's just a little snippet of what Saul saying. This is what I've been through just preaching this gospel. Saul faced this to tell us that only begotten son of God, Jesus Christ, born of the king of David, some 42 generations to the virgin of Mary, to be the son of a carpenter, that he was a man of nobility but lived in humility, that Jesus himself showed us that I'm willing to suffer because I know the purpose. The purpose of Jesus' life was to defeat death for our sake. He who created everything came to die for his creation. 
The wages of sin is death, but yet we know life because Jesus is life. See, when you know the purpose, you can endure some pains and some hardships in life. We endure the suffering. We endure the pain. Sometimes our hearts break. Our hearts get rendered when people that we love cause us trouble, cause us pain. But yet if somebody asks if you would change it, you probably say, I won't change a thing. No matter how many times they got on your last nerve, you're glad they got on your last nerve. There'll be times that when they're not around, you be wishing there was someone around to get on your last nerve. Y'all don't hear me. And so when we understand the suffering has a purpose, we're willing to suffer because we know the end game is going to be good. But I'm here to tell you that Saul could not see what was ahead of him at this moment and at this time. But yet he was willing because God has chosen him to be his instrument, to be his messenger. And he showed him grace, not only through Jesus, but through Ananias showing up in this space. So my encouragement to you. That you might be looking in this new season, someone starting school, someone starting a new job, and you're trying to figure out, is this my purpose? And I want to encourage you that it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some hardships. There's going to be some trials and some tribulations. And there might be somebody that tell you, well, you might as well quit. You might as well give up and go on somewhere. But I'm here to encourage you to point out that God never gave up on you. And so why will you just give up when things get rough, when things get hard? When things don't go the way you want them to go. I know we're in a time of privilege when people can just, just do whatever they want and get away with it. But yet there's a, there's a something valuable about fidelity. There's something valuable about when people are committed and people of integrity. There's something valuable that I don't need a contractor for me to back up my word. Y'all don't hear me? We live in a time now that we need to show people what it means to be committed and go through hardships and pain. Those are ones that you pat on the back at the end and say, well done. Y'all don't hear me. Say, well done. You finished the race. We got a lot of people that started a lot of races but finished none of them. But yet we celebrate those who finished the race, who done well. I'm encouraging right now that know the purpose of suffering. Know you're going through some hardship and some pains right now. But as long as you're walking with Jesus, as long as you're doing his will, you know that it's not in vain. You know that it's not on accident. You know that it has a perfect Catch this. You know that you might not see here on this side, but you know that your reward is waiting over in glory. So they can beat you down. They can knock you down. But you know that in the end, you will get up. I, I'm done preaching now. I just want to celebrate for a moment. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you want to tell somebody, though they may not be down, I'm going to get up. How do I know I'm going to get up? Well, the Bible tells me that Jesus is coming back again. And he says he's going to be on a cloud. And where's the clouds? Up. And we'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye. We'll be called up. We'll be up with him. And from heaven, I can look up. I see a new heaven and a new earth. There'll be no more pain and no more troubles. And catch this. Everything that was causing you trouble, that's causing you pain here on this earth, God's going to go away. Anybody here got something you want to go away that you want to get rid of? So catch this. God is going to do that for you. And everything you'll have will be new. A new heaven. A new earth. A new body. An opportunity to say hello and never goodbye. But yet you got to go through a little bit of pain and a little bit of suffering. I know it's not enjoyable. 
But that's why you can look to the cross. At the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw the light. At the cross is when they nailed our Jesus. At the cross is where he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. At the cross, he hung his head and died. At the cross, after he gave up the ghost, they pierced him in the side. At the cross, he saw blood and water coming out, but they pierced him in the side. At the cross, he saw them take it down, and the soldier said, He must be the Son of God, because the earth shook they must know something different about this Jesus. But I'm telling you that he did not leave it there because three days later, the earth shook again. The storm rolled over. They found an empty tomb. They found clothes folded in the tomb. They took and said, Where's my Jesus? He is right here. Right here. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hold on, now, children. Suffering may come. The road is on the other side. So keep on walking. Keep on trying to realize that you can put Jesus down. He can give up to those who died in Christ. Die in him, and though they laid him down, guess what? He got up. I wish I had a few more people here that could say, I can get up because my Lord is up. I can stand up because he is up. Keep your head up high and to the skies and trust in him. And look into your health and feel strong the Lord. So know the purpose of yourself. Preach this gospel. Live this gospel. Don't let somebody tell you, well, you're worth when Jesus showed you're worth this much. So what is it profit to man to go and gain the whole world but lose it this soul? What will it cost you? Will you deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow after Jesus? Can you be obedient and allow God to move in your life? And see, he will take you places that you can't get on your own. But he will show you victory that you can't get on your own either. So trust in him. Believe him. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you that through storms and trials and tribulations, that you are our refuge. You are our shelter. That though, Lord, we are going through hardship, we're going through pain. We thank you, Lord, that it's only temporary. Because, Lord, you have promised us life and life more abundantly in you. Will there be no more pain and no more sorrow? You'll wipe every tear from our eyes. We thank you, God, for the victory we have in you. So help us, Lord, endure some of the hardships, some of the pain we have. Lord, help us to make good decisions. Help us to lean, Lord, onto you and not our own decisions. Lord, you direct our feet. You direct our paths. And, Father, we thank you for the Ananias, those who come into our lives. Help guide us into your direction those who are demonstrators of grace in our lives, those who help us. And Father, we help ask you to pray that, that we too could be an Ananias to somebody else, God. That we can help guide them and help them see your grace uh, moving in their lives and showing them that their past does not have to be their future. That you can see God is moving in your life. And Father, help us to encourage them that they can walk in obedience. The Lord, there might be someone today that says, Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to see me working for your glory and endure hardship, endure pain, but know it's for your purpose. Uh, Father, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Christ is Lord and they shall be saved. And Father, I pray you help them find a Bible, believe in preaching, teaching, church, 
where they can be baptized and have the communion of the saints and grow in, in, your, in your admonition of your grace and your mercy. Uh, we thank you in Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As this is first Sunday, let's prepare to uh, break this bread and drink this cup together. On the night of Jesus' betrayal, he sat down with the disciples and he took out the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke the bread and said, this is my body, you shall eat. And then he took out the cup and he blessed the cup and said, this is my blood before our permission sin, drink ye all of it. So let us prepare, let us pray to receive his gift, his elements. Mighty God, we thank you for the suffering you did for us, for our sake. We thank you, Lord, that you were the sacrifice of the Lamb for the sin of the world, and that you could defeat the death arising from the grave. So, Father, Lord, we ask you to bless us and look for our hearts and our minds where we want to forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. That we're in good conscience and community of the saints, Lord, we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup. Father, we do this, Lord, until you're coming back again. Amen. May we take of the bread and may we eat together. Last while you take up the cup, let us drink together. The Bible records that he gathered everything that none be lost and exit singing hymns. And so we can sing, I know it was the blood. And Welcome to come forward as we prepare to give uh, and let us have a word of prayer.
Father, yes, you to bless us, oh God, to give back freely to you what already belongs to you. If Father, we ask you to bless those who have died to give and yet have not, Lord, we thank that you provide because you are the perfect provider. And so, Father, we ask as we give, when we're able to give, we ask you to multiply, increase it, so that it can go out for preaching, for the teaching, the evangelizing, to clothing, and the feeding, and the visiting of the sick and the southern and in prison. May your gospel be proclaimed and administered through the gifts that we bring forth to you today. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As the Lord leads, you're welcome to join us. And thank you for those who join us online. God bless you. May he keep you until we meet again. Thank you.